Welcome to From Rock Bottom to Badass. And today I've got my fun guest today. Her name is Hillary Borman. Is that how you say your last name? Yes, Hillary. Oh, Borman. I did good. Okay. Yes, very good. <laughs> so today, my first question for you is who are you? Who is Hillary? Um, Hillary is, oh no. Uh a single lady that like just works her butt off. Um, I'm a mom to a little boy. Um, I'm a daughter to my sweet darling mother. Um, I'm a Christian, a recovering addict. And just, I try to just be a fun, good friend and just positive, a little positive ball of fun and weird. I'm so weird and goofy. It's ridiculous, but it's about, yeah, it sums it up pretty well, I'd say. Even, even in just like the few minutes that we have, we talked right before we started recording, she definitely is a ball of fun. Like that is a good description of you. I'm the weird one. Like I, yeah, I'm like the real weird, <laughs> goofy one. I try to make people laugh as often as I can. So yeah, so lighten situations. Yeah. So can you define recovery for me? Um. Like, I didn't really have like a, I mean, I guess, but I didn't have like your normal recovery story, I suppose. Um, for me, it was just kind of, uh, I was going through life, doing the right things. Like I had my son when I was younger, I was trying to go to school and work and be a nice mom. And, you know, I uh, was my son's father. And then some trauma happened in my life to where I chose drugs and just kind of no priorities for anything. Um, and just messed up a whole lot of stuff. And then, so I guess like recovery for me is just like building a new life and doing positive things and kind of like fixing and repairing all those past troubles that I create for myself and people around me and just like mending, um, and getting away from negative stuff and just building like a new life, completely opposite of what it once was back when I was doing just God knows what. 100%, that's a great definition. I agree. So what have you been through? What is it that you had to recover from? Uh, well, growing up, like, I mean, I lived in an alcoholic household. It was really dysfunctional. Um, I had a little sister that lived with me. I have an older half sister, but we did not grow up together. Um, my little sister and I, however, did. Uh, we went through a lot of the same childhood, just crap. And then um, when I became pregnant with my son back in 2008, she was being diagnosed as a schizophrenic, but I was living with his father and um, my sister was home with my parents. Well, lo and behold, like eventually, like she got so sick, she ended up actually committing suicide. Um, one night that my son and I were staying at my mother's and I just, I mean, I had dabbled in drugs as like you do in high school. Like I did, you know, the acid and the shrooms and smoked the pot and did all the party stuff. But 
when she passed away, I was still in school and my son was, I believe less than two. I think he was about like 18 months. And I was like, I'm going to be a happy mom. And the guy I was dating from nursing school at the time, cause I had left his father. Um, he got me introduced to like Opana's and well, that was just a snowball effect. And that started in January of 2012. And from there it went to heroin and I ended up actually like shooting up heroin. And I mean, it, like, it was just like an everyday like chase. And so it all started with that. And then years later, that boyfriend actually overdosed and passed away when I was in jail one summer. Um, and I just went off the complete deep end. I sent my son to go live with his father. Um, I just went really hard um, to the point where I was just like, save me or kill me something. And I ended up getting arrested and sitting for six lovely months and cleaning up. But basically death for me. Um, yeah, all the stuff from childhood kind of sucked, like as far as growing up dysfunctionally and like an aggressive, angry household. Uh, but mainly it was like losing those like two really close people to me. And it all started with my little sister. Um, but yeah, it was definite death, death, definitely started that. And now I'm kind of like a little numb to it. Like over the years, I've known a lot of friends who have passed away now because of drugs and just random unfortunate events and I'm a little bit more numb to it like I just I don't it wasn't like shocking for my sister to have passed away because she was so sick and I was in nursing school and like the psychology classes I was taking I was like understanding it so it wasn't shocking it was just really sad mm -hmm. um but it was just the loss that just triggered all of that and I just chose to be to me a happy mom and I just didn't want my son to see me sad. So I was happy as can be on pain pills and it just took over my life. Yeah. So how did everything that you've been through affect you or change you as a person? Um, hmm. I, I feel like I'm a little bit colder of a person, I guess you could say like I'm very warm, but then there's like when it comes to, um, I guess like traumatic events or unfortunate events, I guess I would call them. Um, I'm just like real cold and just like, okay, this is what it is. Um, I don't have a good way of showing emotions. I just kind of like go numb. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of taken the bubble out of me, but at the same time, if nothing negative is happening, I'm like full of life. But if, like, you know, bad things happen regularly, like throughout your day, or I mean, not regularly, but like when bad things happen, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, people talk to me about stuff. Um, I actually just had a phone conversation with my older half sister, and her family's going through a couple of things. And, you know, it's worrisome and sad and stuff, but I'm just like, okay, well, like, what do we know? Like, I'm like the the solid person who's just like, okay, well, let's just like talk about this and let's not freak out. And like, these are the facts. And like with nursing and stuff, it helps, especially when friends and stuff come to me with like health issues. Um, I can just be like, okay, well, what do you know? Like, let's not freak out. And I'm just like very calm about it. Like it doesn't, I don't get like alarmed. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so you. It kind of numbed me. <laughs> huh? Like, thank you, trauma, for keeping me cool-headed. Cool I know, like, very, time. like, there was this one time my son was younger, um, he ended up, he has asthma, 
And um, before we knew that he was having like febrile seizures and stuff with like bad breathing when he was really little. And even then um, I wasn't like freaking out. I'd be like, okay, well he's about to have a seizure. So let's like go to the hospital or like we'd be in the hospital and um, his other grandmother was there and she was freaking out. She's like, oh my gosh. And I'm just like, um, get out of the room. You have to be calm. Like, we're just gonna, whatever's happening is happening. Like we can't change what's happening. So let's just chill and like not freak him out when he wakes up. So yeah, that's, I'm just basically like, okay, well it is what it is. Yeah. I and just that. how do you address it? So desensitized to some things still. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> what helped you survive? My mom's prayers, honestly, as cheesy as that sounds, my mom, my sweet little mother, her prayers saved me. And just, and honestly, like I was in such a bad spot that like, I didn't even care to live for myself. Um, I mean, I have a gorgeous baby boy and I just totally screwed that up at the time. And I'm, we're still trying to like mend things and it's going really positive now, but I, like stopped wanting to live for myself, stopped wanting to live for him. Like I was literally to the point, like I was at the rock bottom of rock bottoms. And I was just like, I like remember like um, doing my last dose. And I was just like, either take me or like save me or kill me because I can't keep going on like this. Like I didn't even want, like it, it didn't even phase me to like worry about my son even. Like I was just so just down and I ended up getting arrested in another state like up in Indiana and uh I was like prepared when I finally got back to Kentucky because I was on probation I was like I'm gonna go to prison for 10 years like they're gonna give me my time over my head like I was on like the first like diversion and like then it moves up like and I was like they're gonna skip felony probation they're gonna take me from diversion to prison because I'm in another state with whole new charges and I was okay with it like I was totally fine. And throughout the whole time, I just know like my mom was like praying for me to get out of that. And I found Jesus when I was in jail. I made a really great relationship with the chaplain of the Clark County jail. Um, I actually ended up living with her when I got out. I spent six months in jail total. And um, I lived with my half sister for six months. And then I went and moved in with the chaplain. It was like a Christian recovery, basically. It was really good. I was in church and Bible study. And I know it was just like all my mom's prayers. Like I grew up Catholic, but I ended up getting baptized at the Christian church and my mom came to it and she was happy. She was just happy that like, I was excited and, you know, I had faith again. And it like, it was always her prayers. Like her prayers saved me, like hands down, like nothing else. Her prayers saved me. God got me out of it. And I just, I do the work. Yeah like one step at a time, one day at a time, just make each choice a positive choice, make the right choice. And I try to stick by it. I've had downs at times. I was drinking there for a little bit. Um, but recently, like four weeks on Sunday, I'll have stopped and it's not even difficult. I'm just like, ah, oh, I make bad choices when I'm drinking. Like it's not just the drugs, it's the drinking too. And uh, just stopped in that. But yeah, that sweet little lady, <laughs> it was her prayer. She, she's my number one fan and she's my number one favorite person. <laughs> she's precious. They just never she's give awesome. up on us. It's amazing. I mean, I have done some nitty gritty bad things towards <laughs> my mom. And no matter what, like I'm her little girl. Like yeah. it's 
she's going to have my back no matter what. Like now she wouldn't at that point, me getting in and out of jail. She wasn't getting me an attorney and she was not um, posting my bond, but she held me down when I was in there. Like I had, you know, all the commissary and all the, oh my gosh, I had, girl, we had like boxes of Swiss Miss cake balls. It was delicious. <laughs> like Clark, Clark County's where it's at. you get like whole boxes. But um, no, she definitely held me down and made sure like I was clothed properly and like had all the fancy, you know, jail stuff. But, yeah. you know, I made it through and she definitely, um, she was definitely my number one support, but she was like, no, you're actually going to sit there and do your time. Like, I'm not bailing you out of this for you to turn around. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to do the rehab. I knew I wasn't going to go to rehab because I knew I would just leave. I didn't want to do Suboxone or Methadone because- my ex had tried that before he passed. And if I'm going to do a substance, I'm going to get high. And that's how I did that. I was like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to have to go to jail. Like I'm going to have to be locked away mm-hmm. and just taken away from it completely. I cannot have the option of leaving and meeting my dope man. I can't have the option of, you know, trading some suboxone for anything. Like I was like, I need to be locked away and to keep thrown away so I can like completely detox from this. And like get a clear mind again. Like I was just so fixated. Yeah. But yeah, her little prayers. She's a sweetie. What a, awesome. you feel, okay. So with me, I feel like there's so many parts of my journey, so many different journeys. Like just that mm-hmm. journey of sobriety or recovery from addiction, like branches mm-hmm. off into like all these other pathways and all these other journeys. And some of those right. things that I've had to heal from, I'm like, okay, cool. I got that. I healed that thing. I don't think I'm ever going back there. And then other things, yeah. I'm like I'll probably struggle with that for the rest of my fucking life. And so right. like, talk about that. Like, what have you, where do you think that you're really, Sorry, I had to move like, to my like, car. I need to charge. <laughs> is there any parts of your journey that you feel like you're like, I'm good here. I've made um, with that. And that's 100% in my past. And then like, what are you still battling? Um, can you see me? Okay. I had to move to my car. You're good. Am I good? Okay. Um, my fancy car. Um, my thing. Okay. So yes, there's many things. Um, I don't have a problem thinking I'm ever going to go back to heroin. I honestly don't have a problem. I don't think with any kind of substance. I know I was drinking there for a little bit. I did dabble in Coke last year. I was hanging out with some bad people. Um, but it's kind of like, I did it. Now I'm done type thing. That was exactly how it was with heroin. Um, I never had an urge to do it again. Um, I had never tried to recover from it. So it wasn't like I've relapsed so many times on heroin. Um, mm-hmm. I just kind of, it was like, I did it and now I don't do it anymore. Like, it was just like a little like chapter in my life. Um, with the Coke last year, I was hanging out with some wrong people, quarantine, COVID. That's who I was hanging out with. And I made bad choices with those people. Um, and then I stopped doing that. And then the drinking, like I thought, you know, I can manage this and I'd have one good day where I had a couple drinks and the next day while well, I'm down a whole bottle of fireball and making a complete ass of myself um but then I realized I'm like you know what like I'm sick of waking up with shame and I'm just kind of done and I'm a bartender like I have basically three bartending jobs right now I just picked up a third and uh it doesn't bother me at all I'm just like you know what like I don't I don't even think about it I'm just like I mean there's Sundays where it's like huh I remember when I would have a drink for this but it's just like to me it's not worth it I can hang out with people I can be around it um it's not like yeah. I'm itching. Once you draw so, in the sand, then that line is. Yeah. Hard. When I'm done, I'm done. And I do that with relationships as well. Um, I was talking to this guy last year. We knew each other from high school and 
um, my one thing, what, and I knew he was a recovering addict. He just got out of prison and we're actually really, really good close friends now. Like I'd be there for him for anything. Um, but last summer it was pretty nasty because, um, uh, he ended up coming to stay with me for a little bit and we we're like hanging out, you know, quarantining it. And, um, he decided to bring some heroin to my house and he was lying to me about it. And I ended up finding it because, um, hello, <laughs> I used to be a junkie. You can't hide that stuff from me. Like I can find it in a heartbeat. Um, and the day that I knew, and I called my mom and told her obviously the next day, cause I didn't want her to freak out cause he was still there. Um, cause he had to, obviously I kicked him out. Um, I found it in his wallet, in the bathroom, looked through his phone, saw that he had in fact met up with this guy. I found it folded up in a piece of paper down in his wallet. And I'm just, I like, I was shaking so much. I was so pissed off and I was so disgusted and I hadn't seen heroin in four years. Like yeah. I had not laid eyes on it and I was so pissed and just, I, I, I felt myself go red and I just like rinsed it all straight down the sink. Like I didn't even think about it. Think twice. I like rinsed it down. I was so pissed. I was disgusted. And I was like, you know what? Like, I know that I won't go back to that. Like that was the moment I realized like I am for sure done. Like I was never worried. Right. But I it think was nice I to be presented. I think like I had the opportunity if I wanted to, I could have done it. Cause I knew he probably right. had rigs and what have you or anything. Um, but I was able to like, without even thinking about it, not being like, oh, hell, maybe you shouldn't. I was just like, straight up, just like, ew, disgusting. Like, get out of my face. Like, this is not to be here. And that was zero tolerance for me with him. And he was gone. And he's like, well, you could have helped me this and the other. I'm like, no, I couldn't have helped you. Like I have zero tolerance and I protect myself with rules for a reason. Like I care about people. I'm very understanding. But when you bring something like that into my house when I've told you like zero tolerance, like you have to be able to love yourself enough to push certain people out of your life. And I feel like I have gotten really good at that. Um, like I just recently had a friend that was staying with me and, um, I had to have, like, he was leaving anyway. Um, because I, I like giving people opportunities to better themselves and the place that I have my son hadn't he doesn't stay with me. Like he's never stayed with me at all. He did come and visit though once. So that was awesome here very recently. So he's finally after three or four years, like finally coming to see where I've been living and having a home for us. Um, so I've had some friends stay with me because I get lonely and stuff and I want to help somebody do something better for themselves. But we had a falling out my friend and I did here just a couple of days ago. And I was like, you know what? Now's the time. Like you need to go. Um, I'm not going to sit here and worry about what's going on with you when I like genuinely care and I can't get a hold of you. And, uh, you, it seemed as if there was like a very distressed situation happening and I couldn't get a response and I was worried and I ended up talking to the parents and they basically told me to uh, get put in my place. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, excuse me, like you're this guy's living under my roof. Like I genuinely care. Like it's like his belongings are at my home. Like but then I'm just like, you know what? I don't need these kind of people in my life. So we're just going to cut that out. And now I've learned from that, that like, I can't help recovering addicts until they want to help themselves. I can't help people who are making crazy choices in life and, you know, dabbling with the wrong things until they get out of that. Like you have to fully remove yourself from a situation. And so I've gotten really good at cutting myself off from just, you know, drawing the line of sand, like you said, like zero tolerance for bullshit basically oh excuse me. no you're fine we cuss here don't worry okay um, i'm like oh, goody good too sure. but, talk uh, about this spiritual part of your recovery 
Okay. Um, I, uh, so I met the chaplain in Clark County Jail. And you know, like when they say in AA, like you want to find a sponsor who has what you want. Yeah. Okay. So this lady, freaking <laughs> fantastic. Okay. Um, I'll name drop. Her name's Leanne. Woo-hoo, well, now she's Leanne. Leanne Martin. At the time, she was Leanne King, the most precious angel in my life. I swear, next to my mother. And I've had these wonderful lady angels. There's another one in my life now. I'm actually at her house painting this thing. Like she's freaking fantastic. But Leanne, she is the sweetest, most God, Jesus loving woman I know. And sometimes it can be a lot. I'm just like, hold on now. Let me just vent and it not be about Jesus. But she is the best. Um, she opened up her arms to me. I saw her come into the jail, do Bible studies in church. And I'm just like, this woman is like literally glowing. Like she was just like, oh, like, I was like, I'm going to be this woman. And so we got close when I was in jail. And then I had to go to my other counties to, you know, cause you get extradited when you get caught and that's just lovely. Um, but, uh, when I got out the very first night I got out in Louisville, I went home with my mom and I was on my mom's phone. Cause Lord knows where my phone was probably evidence somewhere. I uh, got my mom's phone and reached out to her on Facebook. And the very next day I went to go live with my sister up in Indiana because I knew that living at my mom's house would just be triggers. And I wanted to leave. And the only people that would come get me at two in the morning were probably doing drugs. And so I ended up, luckily my sister um, invited me to live with her and her family. And day one, like the very first Sunday, Leanne's coming to pick me up at my sister's house and go to church. And it was just like so refreshing. And I'm just like, this is what I was missing. And at the time I had such a thirst for it. Um, I have not been going to church here as of recently, the past couple of years, I kind of drew out from it when I moved back to Kentucky to have my own place. Um, but I have a friend close to me now and her and I are talking about like finding a church together. So that's cool. But with Leanne, man, it was like such a positive, refreshing place. I lived with her for six months before she got remarried to a wonderful guy. And it was just like our, you know, like we lived up in Henryville. It was a little, um, it was just like a, it's what I needed. It was like far away from everything. I was just working my butt off, uh, you know, saving money. She helped me like build the foundation I needed to make a home for myself. And I've had the exact same apartment this whole time since I left her and she got married and it's just been a really good journey. And I'm, I've strayed a little bit more from that side, but like, I know the basis of everything. Like I know the foundation. I just, I've lost my thirst for it, I suppose, but I don't necessarily think it's a negative thing. So long as I'm still striving to make good choices, but I also know in the back of my head, like I need to get back into it because where I'm at now can be so much better if I just plug back in, um, so I'm really excited about my new friend and I finding a church together. Cause I think that would be awesome to like have somebody here to discuss that kind of stuff with, because Leanne still lives up in Indiana and I'm not supposed to go up to Indiana because of probation and stuff. So I haven't really been able, well, I have been able to, I just, I've kind of detached myself from my church family up there, but yeah. you know, single girl living on my own, like I, you know, started partying and stuff and you know, it was fun. I was free and, you know, but she's still one of the most precious people to me. Like she just introduced me to a whole world and it was, it's, it's so easy. Like, it's just so easy just to have faith. Like 
that was like my whole thing. Like when I, I was like, it's just so easy. Like, I just, I remember like not being able to stop saying it. I'm like, it's so simple. Like <laughs> just have faith. <laughs> like it was so easy, but uh, it's nice. Uh, yeah. She was freaking awesome. And all of that. And like I said, I got baptized and I was baptized as a baby in the Catholic church. And my mom's like gung ho Catholic. And, but she's just so proud that like, I found that, like I found it. It was, it was really good. And it, yeah, I still pray and stuff and I, not as often as I should. Um, but I know it's important in life and I know who's like really watching and like, I make every good choice that I can, as far as like being honest and true to like myself and like others. Mm-hmm. Um, because even if I can get by with something, karma happens and karma is definitely him like getting back at you for being naughty so you got like it doesn't matter if somebody actually physically sees it he always sees everything in my eyes so I'm you still gotta live a good life come again I'm I'm a big karma person and that really helps me to just not feel that need to like seek revenge or like make Mm -hmm. try to make stuff right on my own like I don't feel like I have a dog in that fight like okay, like you'll, you'll get yours in your own way, you know, and it'll be way more effective than me trying oh, yeah. to do anything. Oh um, yeah, for sure. Like last year when I was like hanging out with the wrong people and stuff, like I was taking it on myself to be nasty and guess what? I was just like sluggish and not even like waking up in a perky mood and just, you know, wasting away my days and not really getting anywhere and blowing money on stupid stuff and just not exercising and taking care of myself and secluding myself and just like reclusing and not talking to anybody. And I had like no positive friendships at the time. And it's like, even though it wasn't like one thing bad that happened, it was just like, I was always so negative and nasty towards these people that like the negative and nasty was coming back to me and it's straight karma. Like I, I fully believe in the karma. And if you do right, positive things happen and it's like I don't do good to get good but like I do good to make good and it always comes back positive regardless on whether or not I'm wanting it or not like positive always attracts positive it's like that magnet thing that we talk about love yes 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 that's what it is I need to read about that a little bit more I know there's like a book I think I have that I haven't gotten into 2021 will be the year for me to like do this self-care and love like it's it's a good year starting off on a good foot (laughs) put it into it yeah (laughs) it's so true (laughs) I love what the one thing that I love so much about like traditional addiction recovery is all the cute like quotes and sayings and mantras and things that you just get ingrained in you and they they help you through every little moment Mm -hmm. of the day what is your favorite um, my favorite one is, oh God, what is it? Hold on. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have it. I had a friend that I met in jail and she told me something and it's so true. Oh my gosh. What is it? I can't even think of it. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. It's my favorite one. What is it about even? Oh, expectations are premeditated resentments. Oh, yes. I mean, her and I were such good friends when we were in Clark County together. And she said that, and it has stuck with me. We don't speak anymore, but, um, that stuck with me the most because really, I mean, if you're sitting there with a list of expectations, you're going not to get them all. Like it's not going to happen. And then you're going to be pissed because this person couldn't come through for you, or you couldn't come through for yourself. 
And it, it literally is expectations are premeditated resentments. Like you're setting yourself up to be pissy about something. Right. I laugh at myself so often with the freaking things that I come up in my head that like people should be doing that I never told oh them they should do. They have no idea mm-hmm. that I think that they need to be doing these things. And it's just like so crazy that we do this kind of stuff in our head. Sorry, it's like cold out. So I have a little runny nose. Um, no, I totally agree. Like I sit there and I'm just like, well, I'm just this perfect little ball of everything and I'm doing everything right. Like, why can't you be like me? And I'm just like, no, yes. that's the self-centeredness. That's the like, it's, it's nuts. Like, no, like you don't vocalize something. And even though like some things should be common sense, like some people don't grow up realizing that kind of stuff. Like some people just don't know. Like my expectations are always based on myself. And like that, I think people need to be more like me or do things more like the way that I do them. And it's like, God knows I truly don't want a bunch of me running around like interacting a lot of views could be very crazy like it's just too much (laughs) (laughs) like I've like learned like I'm not see I'm like I don't know like I'm attracted to goofballs like me actually I don't know I feel like I'm kind of changing I feel like my season's changing a little bit because before I wouldn't be friends with people who are like me I always went the complete opposite um or maybe somebody I could fix like I'm a big fixer um you in the past (laughs) but now it's like I've come close to women who are very similar to me I'm 32 and I work with a couple girls who are like in their 20s mm-hmm. uh one of my really close friends um her and I oh my gosh like we have the best conversations like we have the something's always going on <laughs> like something's crazy always like her and I are calling each other like <laughs> she's sending me all these TikToks all the time about like oh my gosh we have to call your best friend about a guy like it's hilarious like we're very similar but she also <laughs> reminds me like she's 24 and uh, she's about to be 25 actually. And uh, she just reminds me, she has a little boy and he's the sweetest little thing, but she's younger. And I'm just like, you are just young. Like your patience will come. Like I was you, like granted, I was like on hardcore drugs as well. But like when you're an early like twenties mom, right. like you're still a kid. And right. I'm just like, you are so much like me. And then there's this other girl who, you know, she doesn't have children, but her and I are like, we've gone through similar things not exact things but like we're both like jacked up and like if I'm having a bad day and I need just like kind of counseling without like a real therapist like I'll call her and like we bounce like ideas off of each other and kind of like she's like me where where I said earlier um you present yourself with a situation you don't freak out you just like okay well let's address yeah. this that's how she is for me well, and like, it's like know. I find women who are like similar it's it's interesting you're how probably doing your self-love journey you're like calling in your your mirrors of yourself you know yeah you're back like, you gotta you look at love, yourself you know that external example of of pieces mm-hmm. of you and then once you can learn to love them from the outside, then you go, oh, well, I guess I should do that for me. I should love that part mm-hmm. of myself too. You know, sounds like the universe. Like with, uh, with my with one you. friend, with the little boy, she, uh, I'm always like, you just need to calm down. Like I'm realizing like you're doing all these things that I need to do because with my son, he's almost 12. And like I said, like he has not been to my apartment, but this one time just a couple weeks ago. And that was like the biggest day of my life. Like I was like in tears so happy. Like I was so excited. Like it was the best. And um, like I'm telling her, I'm like, you need to just be patient and calm. And like with her son, when I watch him, like, I'm so much more calm and like, yeah. I'm learning so much more about how to just be like, 
he's just a kid, but like, I understand it's frustrating. She's working like God knows how many jobs going to school. She has so much on her plate, plus having to be a mom. And it just, it makes me realize like how I really was when I was a younger mom and with my son and especially on the drugs on top of that, I'm just like, man, I really jipped my kid. But then at the same time I see her and it's just like, she gets so overwhelmed and so overworked and she's like, I'm doing it all wrong. And I'm like, you're not though. Like, it's okay to be impatient. Like, it's okay. Like as you grow older, you will have less on your plate. You'll realize more, you'll have like bigger, like insights on like how to like really be. And it's not that she's doing it wrong at all. Like she's the bomb. Like she puts that baby first for anything and she works her ass off for him and for her and to give him a good future. And she's like, just attacking herself about it because she just can't be there all the time. Like he gets watched by a lot of people. And I'm like, dude, like, he's not going to remember this. Don't worry. Like what's going to matter is when he's older and he can look at you and you're his role model for what to do. And so I see that in her and I encourage her with those thoughts. And I'm thinking, you know what? I might have really fucked up with my son, but eventually one day when he can start asking you know, real deep questions. I think hopefully I pray that he will take what I've been through and the choices that I've made to fix things and apply that to himself and realize like, Hey, yeah, she was a piece of crap. She really did put herself first. She was selfish and self-centered and only cared about herself when she chose to do certain things. But, you know, she realized what was important and grew from it. And I hope that he takes those like life lessons that hopefully we're able to discuss one day and, you know, apply that to himself. So yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll see. I have faith. Everybody's always told me that little boys always come back to their mamas no matter what. So fingers crossed, but uh, it's it's very nice to keep those people around. I love that you were talking about like giving advice to somebody that was just like you Mm -hmm. Um, so like if if you could give just one piece of advice like to somebody going through exactly your situation like what would be the most important thing I think it would be back to just make the good choice make the good choice Like it doesn't have to be like a dramatic changing life event, but just make the good choice. Like in in anything, like if you want to go pick up or if you want to go hang out with the wrong people, like just like think for a second, is this a good choice? Do I need to go hang out with these kids who are out partying all the time? Or do I just need to stay home and like chill? Like just make the right good choice. It doesn't even have to be the right choice, but like necessarily like just like the better choice. Mm-hmm. and because I feel like each good choice you make just like snowballs better choices and better things happening for you yeah and just have faith I suppose but yeah that's like the one thing just make the right not the right choice, but just make a good choice make the good choice point blank in the story <laughs> <laughs> it's harder said than done but that I mean even nowadays I'm just like I don't want to do this or don't want to do that and I'm just like well this this is a better choice so suck it up buttercup and like go for 30 minutes to the gym because that's you better than lazing around and eating cereal all day (laughs) like anything so where are you going from here what is next for you on your journey 
Um, just a lot of self-love finally. Um, I am actually going, so my friend, the one that had the little drug stint last year, uh, I'm going to visit him and his mom down in Florida. I have not been on a vacation in 10 years. Um, his mom's been wanting to like meet me in person. Like obviously we've met like on FaceTime and the telephone, but like his mom's been wanting to meet me forever. And, um, I'm going to go hang out with him and his mom, well, mainly his mom, but, uh, just like chill and like go to Florida and relax and just do whatever I want to do and just have a week off. Like that's going to like jumpstart just me taking care of myself. I just started going back to the gym because can't be too flabby in a swimsuit. Mm -hmm. Um, but just doing more for myself and not worrying so much for others because I always try to like just bend over backwards and do for others. And I like lose myself in the middle um, and just learn to like love myself and like genuinely appreciate like who I am and what I have to offer for myself and not necessarily what I can offer to somebody else. Um, so yeah, my, my new thing is cause I've got the apartment. I can keep the job. I have the car, you know, I have relationships with people, but I just need to really focus on myself, like just love myself because and I never really understood it. Like when people are like, oh, you can't love somebody else until you love yourself. And I'm like, whatever, like, what does that mean? But now I actually get it. Like, and I love the fact that like every year that goes by, like, I feel like you just learn so much more and things like are like, aha. Like when I became a mom, I call my mom, I'm like, you know what? It makes a lot of sense now. All the crap you were telling me because right. I'm a mom and I get it. So it's like when you finally go through life enough, like things start like clicking and it makes sense so this is going to be like the good year of self-love and just hopefully like instilling that in my own son and my friends and stuff that like you actually matter and what you're doing for other people and doing to show the world like that doesn't really matter like it matters how you treat yourself because a lot of us like nine times out of ten especially women like we just like throw ourselves under the rug and do for others Mm-hmm. but I'm going to be selfish in a good way, I suppose, and just focus on me. And of course, like my sweet little boy, but you know, I have to be good on my own to take care of him. So mm-hmm. it all, it all flows. Well, good luck on your self-love journey. Let me know if I can help you in any way. Oh, yes. I'm always down for a good gal time. That's always the best. It's like <laughs> unwind with the gal pals. Thank you for being here. Oh, for sure. I definitely, um, I've never done anything like this, but it's definitely an experience. Yeah. I liked it. I like watch this kind of stuff all the time, but like I've never done it. And then when my friend suggested, I was like, you know what? Why not? Like, and now they're going like, to be plunges. watching you and getting hope and stuff from you. It'll be so cool. Oh, fingers crossed. That'd be interesting. Oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Be really, oh, I never thought about it that way. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Well, I had fun. Um, yeah, it was definitely interesting. I liked your questions. It makes you like think and yeah, yeah, it really put things in perspective. This podcast episode is brought to you by my book, How to Wear a Crown, A Practical Guide to Knowing Your Worth. How to Wear a Crown is an easy to read guidebook that gives its readers digestible content and step-by-step instructions on how to increase one's sense of self-worth. It's a practical guide to knowing your worth that will allow you to dive deep into my personal experiences with learning self-love and gaining unshakable self-worth. It's a witty but intelligent book that will break down the intense process into four rules. 
One, speak to yourself like royalty. Two, treat yourself like royalty. Three, carry yourself like royalty. And four, honor yourself like royalty. Each category discusses multiple topics related to emotional growth and techniques necessary to drastically improve your self-worth and help you feel like you deserve more and better things in your life. You can get How to Wear a Crown, a practical guide to knowing your worth, on my favorite store in the entire world, Amazon.com. And it's usually available to ship within one to two days. So go check it out now. So thank you so much for being here and listening to my podcast. I just want to say that I'm really grateful and honored to be guiding you along your journey from rock bottom to badass. And if you want to see more about me and my work with my company, I Am Raquel, then you could check out www.iamraquel.com. And you can see all of the stuff about my book, my blog. Um, you can reach my I Am Raquel Academy from there. You, all of the stuff. And you can follow me at I Am Raquel. That's at I-A-M-R-O-C-K-L on all the socials. Well, I love you guys so much. I am really, really glad that you're here listening. I'm glad if you made it to this segment right here. Oh, you're a fucking rock star. I can't even believe that you did that. You're a fucking champion. But I wanted to tell you a little bit more. If, if you like this stuff and you want to see more from me, I would love that. Um, so <laughs> follow me on all the stuff. Uh, I am Raquel on everything that's i-a-m-r-o-c-k-l i'm on i think every social media that exists in the world so you can follow me everywhere i dish out free helpful content all over the place religiously every day and you can also check out www.iamrockhill.com I worked really hard to make my website pretty, so please check that out. Um, and from there, you can go to I Am Raquel Academy. I Am Raquel Academy supports this show. What it is, is my online school. That's right, I got my own online school. So it's a coaching school, so you can do self-coaching work by purchasing online courses made by yours truly. And... It, what it does is when you purchase courses from me at iamrockheld.com, you support this show. It enables me to continue to make free, helpful content for people all over the world. So definitely check that out.